0: Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.
1: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Chaw. Later in the hour, we'll talk with the director-producer, Daniel Lawrence Wilson, about his new film, A Brush of Violence, which was made in St. Louis during the height of the pandemic. And you may remember our conversation from last month about the Marion Middle School Robotics team. They were gearing up for a big competition, and we have an update on how they did. But first, Dan Martin, the longtime artist behind the St. Louis Post Dispatch's Weatherbird, announced last week that he is semi retiring. And while he'll stop doing some things he does for the Post Dispatch, he will continue to draw the daily cartoon as a freelancer. Former host Sarah Fansky spoke with Dan Martin in April 2021.
2: In 1986, the Weatherbird artist at the time, Al Schweitzer, said, you know, I'm thinking about leaving and retiring. Would you be interested in this job? And I said, sure, let me think about it, yes. <laughs> and so I drew about uh, 10 Weatherbirds, and we looked at them, and I would practice. And then uh, when he was ready to leave, they took my Weatherbirds in with Al's Weatherbirds, the editor, Bill Wu, and he couldn't tell the difference. Senior editors at the time suggested that to me, and I at first objected because it was a great cartoon prop and it had been there for 80 years. Uh, And then, you know, the great Ring Lardner line, shut up, they explained. And so I just (laughs) took it out of, and it's been out ever since. You know, occasionally if it's a Winston Churchill bird or one time a Fidel Castro bird, I'll put the cigar back in, but he's been a quick cold turkey and actually I've been pretty happy about it.
0: For readers of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, the charismatic bird who graces the front page of the paper is as familiar as the arch. The cartoon weather bird might be commenting on the news or the weather. Either way, his presence continues a 120-year-old tradition. He's the oldest continuously running daily cartoon in American journalism. For the last 35 years he's been drawn by Dan Martin and joining us today to talk about his work and his feathered muse is Dan Martin. Dan welcome.
2: Uh, thank you Sarah.
0: So Dan so many of us have smiled at the weatherbird without ever thinking about his origin story. What led to the Post-Dispatch first launching the weatherbird in February of 1901?
2: It's sort of a freakish story. The originator was a guy named Harry B. Martin, a staff artist, and he was uh, traveling back from an assignment out west back to St. Louis in February and he was looking at a magazine and saw a picture of shivering baby little blackbirds on a telephone wire. Mm-hmm. So when he got back to St. Louis, he proposed to the editor he drew up about 10 of these different things to run with the weather forecast. And so he drew up those and the next time it, he repeated one, all the readers of the post wrote in and said, no, we want a brand new weather bird every day. And that's when the madness started.
0: So this was a reader favorite right from the get go.
2: It was. Uh, it became very popular. Uh, Harry and the paper put out um, a lot of little stickers that kids would come down to the lobby of the paper and pick up as something to, to collect, like we used to collect STP stickers or something like that. And then um, uh, Harry put out books and uh, the paper used it as a selling point. Uh, a lot of marketing and merchandise was around it, even back uh, you know, around the World's Fair.
0: Huh. What do you think made this uh, this little cartoon such a sensation with
2: readers? I don't know, but <laughs> if if you or any of your listeners uh, know, please please contact me. Um, <laughs> hey, our phone it, lines it,
0: are open. Do you, sure. do you know yes. what made the weather bird a, a <laughs> sensation?
2: <laughs> First prize is um, there's, uh, but it's, but I, I liken it to just another bit of quirkiness. Sort of like, you know, the Chicago Tribune has always had an American flag at the top of their paper. And, of course, the New York Times famously always had you know, all the news that fits to that's fit to print. Mm-hmm. And so this is sort of our version of that.
0: And certainly a more charismatic version. I'd rather have a handsome little bird than a flag. Uh,
2: more accessible, I think. Not as cold, yeah. The, the bird is cheeky. Uh, I think people like him. That way, too, because he's kind of a little smart aleck.
0: So looking back at the, the images of him back from 1901, he looked cheeky even then. Uh, but you described him as a blackbird. He used to be very dark. That changed. Do you know what led to him? Is he more pinkish today?
2: Well, uh, gradually over the years, he started being less bird-like and started, you know, being more and more anthropomorphic. And uh, actually, it was in... Uh, uh, Carlisle Martin's tenure from about 1910 to 1932 that uh, he lost his uh, he lost his feathers and sort of grew hands and so uh, <laughs> probably out of necessity because the, the artist in the beginning really had couldn't figure out what to do with his hands if he had to hold some because he was just a bird so it kind of morphed into more of a human-like bird sort of like Fred Bird
0: and so of his morphing, um, it sounds like he started strictly uh, to to be involved with the weather. When did that change?
2: Well, uh, probably actually during uh, Harry's uh, uh, tenure. Uh, toward the end of Harry's tenure, he started commenting on different things. Certainly by the World's Fair, uh, uh, he was being more political. Hmm. Um, So it it kind of all morphed, initially the weather, and occasionally he'll comment on the weather. But really, for quite a while, he's been a commentator on things in St. Louis. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah, he's there every day commenting on the news. And that, I'm sure, makes your job a little harder than if he was only interested in the weather. You have to know the news in the next day's edition in order to draw him. So how does that work for you? What does your workday look
2: like? Well, about... um, Five or five thirty. Uh, Brent Fisher, the online, the news editor downtown. Well, actually, none of us are downtown. But
0: uh, <laughs> you were uh, downtown up till a year ago. But yeah. Uh,
2: and he'll he's kind of, he'll send me a budget of what will probably be on page one, and then I'll pick one of those stories and say I'll draw about this, and then give him the slug, and then that way he can at least get it into the system, and I'll draw it later that night and send it in. But yeah, it it always references something on the page on page one. So, if you look at the weather bird, your task is to uh, find the story it goes with and what you know, the bird line that goes above the the weather bird. Uh, so it's entirely predicated upon the news of the day,
0: so are you ever overtaken by current events? Like something big happens at at eight pm and you have to draw a new
2: bird? Sure, sure. I've done that on. Days off and vacations. And uh, uh, there's a great story that one of my predecessors, Amity Wolschlager, told me that in the 50s, late 40s, early 50s, when the paper was had about five editions a day, that for whatever reason, that bird, the story that the bird was referring to would come off that page. Amity ended up having to draw five weather birds in one day. Uh, so I've certainly taken birds off and put new birds in at the last minute, uh, depending on the news.
0: And is this a decision that you have the power to make, or are editors huddling, saying, "Hey, this bird is no longer appropriate. Something terrible happened. We need a more somber bird." Uh,
2: generally, in the, the beginning, editors were doing that for me, and now uh, I, I kind of, I've been at it so long, I, I know what what to do and what not to do. People defer
0: to your judgment. I'm an old
2: geezer at the paper, so they so they do, yes. <laughs>
0: Old <laughs> geezer, isn't there a <laughs> you're a senior eminence, right? That's
2: <laughs> yeah, so a, a veteran journalist. That's what we like to call ourselves.
0: So speaking of being a veteran journalist, uh, Judith Newmark um, of your paper wrote a really good profile of you back in 2016. I want to encourage people to check this out and read it. Um, she wrote this quote: "Over the years, the weather bird has donned everything from judges' robes to spacesuits, from golfing attire to the veiled prophet's headgear. One remarkable day in 1989, the bird showed up in a cocktail dress and jewelry. Jájá Gabor had been arrested. <laughs> of yes. all the thousands and thousands of birds out there, Dan Martin, what, what have been some of your favorites?
2: That's kind of, like, well, my, the best bird I'm going to draw is the one I'm going to draw tonight for tomorrow's paper. And then kind of choosing between one bird and another, um, it would be like choosing a favorite child. But uh, I did have a recent, uh, not real recent, but uh, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg was um sworn in. Hmm. Uh, a friend of hers, her in St. Louis, a lawyer, a very prominent lawyer, William Sticks, um, uh was a fan of the Weatherbird and knew Justice Ginsburg. So he asked for the original on that. And um, and I sent it to him and he sent it to Washington. And then Justice Ginsburg wrote me a really nice thank you note. And that's a prized possession. So for right now, I'm going to say uh, the weather bird I drew of of a, it was a female weather bird mm. holding a gavel in justice robes, and the bird line was. Ruth or justice instead of truth or justice. So I'll, for right now, at this moment, I'll say that's my favorite weatherbird.
0: That is a good weatherbird indeed. It's going to be hard to top that. Now, Dan, we put this on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page earlier today. Uh, we, you know, sometimes talk about what we're going to talk about on the air before we talk about it on the air. We do it there. And Lindsay wrote in to say this. She wrote, I love weatherbird. Newspaper comics are like viewmasters, providing a quick glimpse into culture and society at that specific moment in time. My favorite weatherbirds are the election day weatherbirds and Dan Martin is my favorite weatherbird artist because I love the big playful beak and a slightly more wholesome approach no cigar while still feeling a bit ornery Dan are you the person who got rid of the cigar
2: Uh, I am I am Uh, senior editors at the Times suggested that to me and I at first objected because it was a great cartoon prop and had been there for 80 years Uh, And then, you know, the great Ring Lardner line shut up, they explained. And so I just took it (laughs) out. of, And it's been out ever since. And, you know, occasionally if it's a Winston Churchill bird or one time a Fidel Castro bird, I'll put the cigar back in. But he's been... Uh, quick cold turkey, and actually I, I've been pretty happy about it.
0: And were they hoping to just encourage the rest of us uh, not to kill our, our throats and lungs? Was that the thinking?
2: I think that's probably the short answer, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Lindsay had another uh, interesting line in there um, in praising your work. Newspaper comics are like viewmasters. Do you ever feel like looking back at, at old weatherbirds from hundreds of, you know, a hundred years ago, 80 years ago, that these offer a glimpse into the culture?
2: Oh sure, it's it's a re, it's a reflection of what was going on in St. Louis, and it, it is a good mirror for. Uh, like someone said, the Weatherbird is a St. Louis joke that only uh, St. Louisans get. And uh, if you were to go back and and I have scrapbooks of people that collected the Weatherbird from 1901. Mm. Uh, if you go back, you can really judge what was going on in the world and what was important.
0: Boy hearing you mention those scrapbooks uh that feels to me like a coffee table book I would love to read has the weatherbird ever gotten a, a book like that
2: Uh on his aniver- on his 100th anniversary in 2001 we did a small history book uh and uh, uh th- that's been a a great promotional device for us but um uh, not a coffee table book. I don't know if he, he merits that. Now, some of the other cartoonists that have been in St. Louis, <laughs> they merit the book and they have books like that. But maybe, who knows? Maybe someday in the future.
0: You're, you're kind of denigrating your bird here. You don't know that he merits it. <laughs> 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 but he works almost better in cameo, is, is maybe the thinking.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, he's uh, not, um, you know, he's not famous like uh, Beetle Bailey. But mm-hmm. among the National Cartoonist Society and cartoon historians nationwide, they certainly know about him. I mean, it's, it's not something you could go to Boston and say, hey, did you see the weather bird yesterday? And they'll know what the heck you're talking about. It's really just for St. Louis and the region of Missouri and Illinois. Uh, and, and It's not Dagwood, but, uh, but in St. Louis, I think he's pretty well known.
1: It's Dan Martin, the longtime artist of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch's Weatherbird. He talked with Serafensky in April 2021. Dan announced last week that he's semi-retiring. He's retiring from the Post-Dispatch, but will still continue to draw the Weatherbird as a freelancer. The Weatherbird is the oldest continually drawn daily cartoon feature in the country. More of that conversation in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Welcome back. I'm Elaine Cha. Now back to Sarah Fensky's 2021 conversation with Dan Martin, the longtime cartoonist for the Post-Dispatch who draws The Weatherbird. Dan is semi-retiring, but will continue to draw The Weatherbird as a freelancer.
0: So Dan, I wanna go back to your childhood. I understand you grew up in St. Louis and you yourself were a fan of The Weatherbird. Were you the kind of kid who reads the newspaper?
2: Uh, I, I, I was. You know, I I wasn't paying too much attention to the news, but I I would always look at The Weatherbird and read the sports page, read the comics. Uh, And I grew up uh, near Grant's Farm, went to Lindbergh High School. And uh, and then through The Weatherbird and the sports page, I got to uh, see a lot of Amity Wollschlager's sports cartoons who drew the weatherbird from 1932 to 1981. So when I was a kid, there was a function downtown that my parents took me to that where Amity was drawing, and I waited about an hour in line to get an Amity weatherbird. And so I've I've been conscious of the bird and been a fan of it ever since I was a little kid.
0: Hmm. So you ended up studying art at the University of Kansas. Did you have, even in the back of your mind, doing something like drawing for a newspaper?
2: Um, uh, frankly, no. I mean, I'd, I'd worked for... The paper. I went to Merrimack first, then transferred out to Kansas, and I worked for the paper at Merrimack, and I worked for the paper at Limburg, and then when I was at Kansas, I worked for the UDK, the University Daily, Kansas. But I really thought I would be an, uh, an illustrator or, um, uh, uh, you know, some something in advertising or commercial art. Hmm. But uh, there was a a, a class in uh, deep into the journalism school sequence on advertising, and I, and I thought I should take that and but to get there the prerequisites included reporting and editing so i ended up taking those classes <laughs> and then i was the only kid i was the only art major in these reporting classes and the t- teachers t- kind of took sorry for me a dean that was wonderful to me and so she connected me with some other newspapers, and that's kind of one of the reasons I put out resumes when I got out of school, and one being to the post-dispatch.
0: Do you ever feel like, uh, you know, the road not taken, that this would have been such a more lucrative road?
2: Oh, to be in advertising? Yeah. Uh, or do commercial illustrator. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, uh, friends of mine that, that do chose that path that are good friends of mine. They've done extremely well. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like people that work for agencies. It's subject to the whims and ups and downs of clients. And the only thing I have to deal with is just an angry editor. <laughs> and I, and I, and I it don't, puts your problems
0: that, in perspective.
2: <laughs> right. And so uh, uh, the editors I have now are, are terrific and You know, 40 years ago at the paper, there was a lot of drama and we're all sitting shoulder to shoulder. There was more hollering going on. So actually, it's better for me uh, right now than it was 40 years ago.
0: Hmm. So when you first got hired on, um, I imagine they didn't hire you to just take over the Weatherbird. What what was your job at that point?
2: Uh, I was hired as a staff artist straight out of KU. And so uh, you were expected to do a whole bunch of things. You're expected to illustrate seriously. You're expected to cartoon, to retouch photos, to draw maps and charts make coffee, uh, all <laughs> kinds of different things. And then uh, in 1986, uh, the weatherbird artist at the time, Al Schweitzer, who's still with us today at 99, uh, uh, said, you know, I'm thinking about leaving and retiring. Would you be interested in this job? So I drew up, I said, sure, let me think about it. Yes. And so I drew up about uh, 10 weatherbirds and we looked at them and I would practice and then uh, when he was ready to leave, they took my Weatherbirds in with Al's Weatherbirds, the editor, Bill Wu, and he couldn't tell the difference. But Al and I could tell the difference. And it took me about 10 years to get in sort of a groove of how to draw it. 10 years.
0: Did you feel yeah. frustration during that 10 years? Like, I'm not doing this the way I, I fully want to do it.
2: Yes, definitely. Uh, and it, I was in a unique, fortunate position in that Al was a friend and a mentor right ahead of me. And then the guy who drew it before him, Al, Amity Wollschlager drew it from 81 to 32, and he was a friend and a mentor. So I had the great benefit of being uh, gathering the experience of both these two great cartoonists.
0: Hmm. Did they have any particular advice of, you know, how to think about this character or, you know, always do this, never do that, that that kind of maxim for The Weatherbird? Uh,
2: You know, Al drew up a little sheet that he did not long before he left that was pretty good, just showing how to draw eyes and things like that. And and. Making sure that the clothes fit and how many <laughs> segments of the Malacca walking stick leg should be shown, and and there was no definite thing. But you can imagine if I would go home and draw all night, and then bring it back in, and then one or both of these guys would tell me how crummy it was, oh. uh, but in a nice way. <laughs> Uh, they were helpful. They were terrific to me. I was really lucky.
0: So you you basically had two former uh, Weatherbird people around who, whose brain to pick. I mean, was there ever different advice from the two of them where, you know, the, the, the roads diverged there and you had to decide whose path to follow?
2: I think I blended the two. Amity was not happy about the cigar coming out of his mouth because he smoked cigars for 70 years. Uh, but... Um, I, I think they, they pretty well because I think both of them knew that you sort of have to find your own voice somewhere. You get in the groove where you think you're drawing it, and you think your your drawings look okay. I, I would say uh, probably out of a month there might be two or three weatherbirds that I personally liked that that I could live with.
0: Not not even today. You mean back then, or do you? No, st- are you still that hard on yourself?
2: Yes, I am. I am, and uh, I think that's good. That's good. Uh, anybody that thinks that they can uh, uh, draw something perfectly day in, day out, it's the great Charlie Schultz uh, quote that says, a cartoonist is uh, someone who has to draw the same thing every day but make it different. Hmm. And, and that's the challenge. Uh, but yeah, I'm still hard on myself. And I think I, I will be.
0: Hmm. So yeah, in some ways, it sounds like such a fun job. In other ways, it sounds like a really challenging job. Is drawing the weatherbird a full-time job?
2: I wish but it's not I um, mean because the weather takes about an hour 45 minutes to an hour every every evening and so I uh, right now I'm editing the letters section the, on the editorial page and uh, before we rearranged this, some stuff a year ago uh, uh, I was designing pages and and I still do feature illustrations for uh, for go and in, in the st. Louis uh life Sunday section. Uh, So most of the time I'm editing. I'm using the skills I learned at KU journalism school, weirdly enough.
0: And is this your your first chance to really edit copy um, since those days all the way back in in J
2: school? Uh, To edit copy, yes. But I've written stories over the years. And I've I've written travel stories and feature stories and things like that occasionally, Uh, and then uh, on Saturday I draw a a cartoon called Postcard from Mount City, and of Mm -hmm. course I write all that stuff. But right now I'm I'm harking back. I'm trying to remember what I didn't learn or learned from forty years ago in Lawrence, Kansas.
0: I bet in some ways that's um, that's a good kind of challenge, just to learn you know to master a completely new skill.
2: It is. It's a really nice uh, sort of left brain, right brain thing that I'll edit all this copy and talk to readers uh, that wrote the letters and then I'll uh, go downstairs and open an ink file and uh, start drawing. So it's nice. It's a nice change of pace.
0: We're talking today to Dan Martin. He's the artist behind The Weatherbird. Um, Dan actually did a great interview on video with HEC Media. You can find that at hecmedia.org. It's called The History of St. Louis Cartoons and Newspaper Comics with Dan Martin. So much good history that um, that we probably won't get to today, but all the different artists who drew The Weatherbird. Um, Dan, I'm more interested in in the present right now. Um, You've mentioned that for the first time in The Bird's history, there doesn't seem to be an obvious successor. Why is
2: that? Not right now. Well, I think it's largely because of my geezer generation. If you were hired at the paper, you were hired for your design or your drawing skills. And and now the industry has changed. And so designers and artists and production people are, are hired more for their really their journalism skills. Hmm. Uh, so there's no one, there's no obvious uh, successor, whereas as opposed to say, 60 years ago, if if the Weatherbird artists left the paper, there would be 10 artists clawing over each other to try to get that job. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure the paper will figure out something when I get ready to retire. I
0: was going to say, you're now 63. I mean, do you worry about that, that, that you couldn't even think about retiring until you'd figured out somebody to, to train and to, you know, put through the paces the way that, that your predecessors put you through them?
2: I uh, no, there's too many fish to be caught. I'm not worried about that. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> Good if, for you. <laughs> if we have some nice editors that I think will probably figure out a solution. But it would ultimately, it would be a real shame to lose this great St. Louis tradition.
0: Yeah, and I've, I've got to worry about the day to day for you as well. How do you ever possibly take a vacation if you're the guy and news can break at any given moment? How do you handle that?
2: Well, uh, sometimes when I'm I'm going on vacation, I'll try to draw ahead of time of events that I think might be going on, and I'll talk to the news editors about what upcoming enterprise stories there might be, and I'll try to draw about those. And then there's uh, a whole bank of digital weatherbirds that we have in our system that uh, a designer can take and change the color on or uh, move an arm around or add something to a hand or something like that. And, and put a new bird line on it and tweak with a little bit. It's always been that way. Since 1901, the bird artists have always sort of had a bank of artists, a bank of birds in reserve that other artists could adapt and change to fit the current event. Hmm.
0: I got to ask, I mean, you mentioned just how hard you are on your own birds. Do you ever come back from a vacation and, and look at something that somebody else has kind of cobbled together and, and you just want to go uh, yell at an editor? <laughs>
2: No, it's the editors that do the yelling. The artists don't yell at the editors. <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, I, I need to understand these newsroom you, dynamics you, here. <laughs>
2: well, you, you're, you've been in newspapers. You know how that works. Uh, it's it's there's, true. <laughs> there's, uh, you know, most of the time the 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 designers at work do a terrific job of adapting things, and I'm probably less critical of them than certainly. Uh, Amity Walschlager was. If someone had tweaked around with too much of a bird that Amity had drawn, uh, he was not pleasant about it, and he would let you know.
0: Wait, Uh, Amity sounds like quite a character.
2: Yeah, a real one-of-a-kind St. Louis uh, legend, uh, larger than life. And anyone that's been a sports fan in St. Louis that have seen his sports cartoons, have been around the Cardinals, uh, know what a colorful character it was. And I was really fortunate to get to know him really well. Dan,
0: in addition to doing these wonderful illustrations, you've become such a historian. I think the HEC Media Video makes clear you've really studied up on all your predecessors. I understand you get a lot of correspondence where people are, are asking you questions. What what kind of things come your way through that? Uh,
2: it's Well, I tell you, just about an hour ago, I got an email from a uh, reader that has a collection of uh, a printed book of weatherbirds by Harry Martin from 1903. (laughs) And I've got a couple of these little books, but I've never seen this one. So he wanted some more history on things and he saw the HEC thing, but that's, that's sort of generally uh, the kind of questions I field. Uh, What started all this was that uh, uh, when I, I was, I used to draw a trivia cartoon for the Sunday Comic section and I was always running across artists that were huge legends in their own time that everyone had forgot about by now and so that really intrigued me to do some more digging and there's just a, a list as long as your arm of artists and cartoonists that have come out of St. Louis that were nationally and world famous and now no one has ever heard of them and, and that's that's sort of my personal mission to to revival dead cartoonist legends.
0: And we know from from talking to you today that you're very hard on yourself. But do you see yourself within that legacy of these old cartoonists and their wonderful
2: work? Um, I – no, personally, I don't. Uh, I was fortunate enough this last year I was inducted into the St. Louis Media History Foundation Hall of Fame. And uh, on the list on the website, I'm between Elijah Lovejoy, the famous publisher, uh, abolitionist publisher – And then, and Bill Maldon, the two-time Pulitzer Prize winner. So in my own mind, I don't deserve to be in that kind of ranking, but I'm grateful for it.
1: That's Dan Martin, the longtime artist behind the St. Louis Post Dispatch's Weatherbird. The Weatherbird is the oldest continually drawn daily cartoon feature in the country. Dan Martin announced last week that he's semi-retiring. He will continue to do the Daily Weatherbird as a freelancer, though. He spoke with former host Fensky in April 2021. Coming up, we'll get an update on a previous segment. How did the Marion Middle School girls do at the robotics competition last month? And we'll learn about a film produced and shot entirely in St. Louis. We'll be back in a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio.
0: This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Alex Hoyer is our executive producer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio.
2: (laughs) Understanding starts here
0: St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood
2: floors, and more.